Позвольте мне прочитать из Евангелия Матфея, глава 5. I will be reading the book of Matthew 5, 45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect, called to perfection. This promised commandment that is written in the Gospel of Matthew and presented to us in the series of sermons of Pastor Arkady is the inheritance of saints of all times, and this commandment is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge the authority of a person that is sent by God over themselves have never had any part to the inheritance that is contained in this commandment, and it is doubtful they will ever be able to. And as we've heard more than once, that this is a commandment, this is not an alternative or a recommendation, this is not some sort of mockery, this is a commandment to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, and we receive <coughs> information as in the book of Matthew, and the explanation, interpretation that we receive from our Apostle. And so to be able to open up the mystery that God has put into His Word, as God says, no one can interpret the Scripture for themselves because it was never done by men, but by those inspired by the Holy Spirit. These weren't simple men. These were people who were apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists, pastors. If a person doesn't have any of these God will not allow this person to pass on his word. And so, to be, these are, we're talking here about revealing the truth, to be able to write it down, uh, explain it, uh, see the scriptures, the truth, and explain it, to be able to explain it, and explain it according to the revelations of the Holy Spirit. We stop to study the purpose of the righteousness of God within the heart of a man demonstrated in the ability to clothe your essence into the holy or selective love of God. Colossians 3, 14, 15. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. According to the given place, the rule of the peace of God, the righteousness of God within our heart, is only possible upon one condition, and that is if the selective love of God will abide within our heart, and if we will be clothed into the selective love of God. The character of the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in the Scripture in the light of seven unchanging qualities of virtue, written in 2 Peter 1, 2 through 8. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. We will remember that each of the seven qualities, the fruits of virtue, contain the characteristics of the other, <coughs> other virtues as they flow one from the other, complete one the other, empower one the other, and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. The given qualities are the moral perfection and example inherent to the essence of God that are given to us by Christ, with which we are called to become rich. 
to be able to join the inheritance of the given qualities of virtue <clears throat> by receiving the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life, it's only possible by receiving Him as Lord and Master of our life and obeying our faith to God's faith. And by inheriting these great and precious promises, we become partakers of God's divine nature. The selective love of God demonstrated in seven unchanging qualities and characteristics have nothing in common with and cannot have anything in common with the nature of the tolerant uh, human love that is filled with egoism, is in blemish, is greedy, and is inconsistent. And unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the selective love of God is different and that is has the burning jealousy of God, his all knowledge and his absolute wisdom that is in no way able to be used in blemished, greedy, and egotistical goals of man. This is why the power of the selective love of God in the format of the seven unchanging qualities is called to destroy the stronghold of death in our body and enthrone the resurrection of Christ in its place within our body and clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ that is into our new person. And so we had four questions that we needed to study to understand talking about the origin of the natural essence of brotherly love with which you are called to demonstrate in our faith. And we continue to study this, uh, this subject that passes us from the state of death into the state of life. Again, the origin of the natural essence of it. What purpose is the love of God agape within the atmosphere of brotherly love called to fulfill in, a, in us demonstrating our faith, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can receive power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? By what signs do we examine ourselves that we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith? And today, we will continue to study question three, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can receive the ability to demonstrate the format of the love of God that, that comes from the atmosphere of brotherly love in our faith? We studied only one of the components, and today we will study the second component of the condition. And so this component of the condition giving us the right to, to demonstrate the love of God agape in our faith within the atmosphere of brotherly love consists in our ability to have a relationship with one another within the boundaries of the covenant of salt, which, which upon practice means to demonstrate holiness in brotherly love. Mark 9:49:50 For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is a good thing, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Speaking of God's holiness, which is one of the important components of brotherly love, Pastorus always asks four classical questions. What does it make of itself, and what is it, and how is the grown by its fruit of holiness and brotherly love identified? Second, what purpose is holiness called to fulfill in the relationship of God with man and man with God? Third condition, or third question, what price is necessary to be paid so we can demonstrate the fruit of holiness and brotherly love? And in a specific format, we've already st studied the first three questions and we'll immediately turn and pay attention to the fourth. By what science can we examine ourselves that we have salt within ourselves, which identifies our holiness within our relationship with God and with each other? 
We will limit ourselves to seven signs relating to the collaboration of the grown by his fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, by which we need to examine ourselves that we have salt in ourselves in brotherly love. The signs and rewards by which we need to examine ourselves as to whether we collaborate the grown by his fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, we will be studying in the book of Leviticus 26, 3 through 12. In this place of scripture, Leviticus 26, 3 through 12, our apostle uh, shows us seven signs by which we can determine that we have salt or holiness that is within the covenant of salt. We need to have these specific signs within ourselves. And what's interesting in every place of scripture in every uh, component, we will see these things. <clears throat> and so today we will be studying these signs and these promises that are contained in this book of Leviticus. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season, and the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest the clear, and clear out the old because of the new. <clears throat> I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. <clears throat> And so the seven signs that we found here in this book, we will list them, and this is how we identify that we have holiness within ourselves. If we have holiness in the covenant of salt, then it will bear specific forms of fruit, and we need to identify them. First, of what we've read, Leviticus chapter 26, is that the Lord God will walk among our camp to deliver us and give our enemies into our hands. Second sign is the Lord our God will walk within our camp so we can yield so that we can yield our produce. Third sign, God will give us the opportunity and ability to eat our bread till we're full and we will dwell in our land safely. <clears throat> Fourth, God will send peace upon our land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid, as he will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. You will also chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Fifth, God will look upon us favorably, and will make us fruitful, and he will multiply us. Sixth, God will confirm his covenant with us, he will set the tabernacle among us, and his soul will not abhor us. 
and seventh, God will walk among us and will be our God and we will be his nation. <clears throat> and so these seven signs uh, our pastor found in this book of Leviticus, 26th chapter, where we can identify these qualities of holiness within ourselves. The first sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness. And so by collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, as to how we can examine ourselves is by understanding that God will walk within our camp <clears throat> so that he can deliver us and give our enemies into our hands. <clears throat> and so here, uh, when it's talking about enemies, uh, it's talking about the enemies that are our lusts. And the Lord who will mock among us, he will give these lusts into our hands, give, give us power over them. The lusts that are in us, if we don't allow God to walk amongst our camp, uh, we won't be able to overcome them. First, the symbol of our camp within the temple of our body where the Lord God walks so he can deliver us from our enemies and will give them into our hands is the camp in the form of our spiritual mind, giving God the proper foundation to walk within our camp. <clears throat> it's, it's not just talking about the, uh, the, the regular land, it's talking about where life is and communication happens, where there's specific actions or work happening. And so the camp is our reasonable abilities and how they collaborate, the reasonable abilities of our spirit collaborate with the reasonable abilities of our soul. This is where he can walk, and this is by meditating and abiding in the Word of God. When I meditate about the Word of God as the spiritual thinking, we talk about these things, we listen, we, we chew up the Word, we go to cell groups, all these things, this is where the Lord begins to walk in his camp. When he walks in his camp, he will give, he then gives us the promise that he will deliver us from all of our uh, our enemies. And second, the symbol of our camp is, of course, our church, upon the condition that the head of our church is a person that is clothed with the Holy Spirit, clothed into the authority of a Father of God that we did not elect by uh, the matter of a democratic vote, which is an abomination to God, but was placed by God. We need to examine this person as to the right that he has to present the delegated fathership of God by his moral compass or moral state and by the wisdom that is given to him that contains the fullness or completeness of the elementary teaching of Christ that is called to destroy the stronghold of death in our mortal body and replace it with the <clears throat> erected stronghold of life. And so by these parameters, you can determine a person who needs to be followed and needs to be listened to. This is what the Lord calls a camp. Who are our enemies? Our enemies are our desires that war within our members, being led by the old person, warring, warring against our sacred person. And second, our enemies are Christians that are of the flesh, that are working 
their own personal righteousness in works of personal goodness that come from the flesh, having rejected the righteousness that was given to them by faith. How? The walk of God in our camp is the vigilance of God in the temple of our body over the word that comes out of his mouth in our mouth that so that it be soon fulfilled that we are called to, by which we are called to examine ourselves and cleanse ourselves from all sin by the truth that is contained in the blood of the cross of Christ. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. We understand that it's not possible to use the truth that is contained in the blood of, of Christ without the truth that is contained in the cross of Christ, as only together are these two forms of truth able to separate us from the manufacturer or the producer of sin and provides the right basis to cleanse us from all sin. In other words, the truth about the blood of the cross of Christ. This was the first sign. The second sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God consists in the Lord God giving our land rain in its season so that our land can yield its produce, which is the grown by us fruit of peace and holiness. <clears throat> the symbol of the given sign is to be perceived as a promise that has grown in our heart by the revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit in the form of Methuselah, who is a testimony that we have pleased God and a guarantee of our rapture and meeting the Lord in heaven. Acts 1, 6 through 11. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Here, Pastor notes that in the way, the way Christ will return, and he won't, will not just return from heaven for his disciples, but also to those who will be able to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and will be witnesses in all of Judea, Samaria, and all of the earth, <clears throat> to the ends of the earth. These are people that will receive the promise. As we hear about the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. And so, the resurrection of Christ won't just be in the spirit, but also in the soul and body. The past, our pastor explains that uh, uh, Jerusalem and uh, all Samaria, this is a te- you'll, be, you'll have the testimony in yourself when your conscience is cleansed from dead works and 
the promise is written there. You will be a witness uh, in Samaria. This is the soul that is renewed every day by the reasonable abilities of our spirit, and you will be witnesses to the ends of the earth, which is our body. Our body will also have a testimony of the of Christ who has been enthroned in us, which who was glorified in us. And so these three witnesses are spirit, soul, and body need to be ready so he can come and take you and the angels understood who uh, they will need to be taking. He didn't just show that I will come back just as I left. In his words, there was a great mystery and that mystery contained this uh, birth of Methuselah And this is the resurrection of Christ in our spirit, soul, and body. If someone has the ability to listen uh, in detail to the sermons, uh, as I I have combined them, uh, because there there was a lot of information, so I kind of um, shortened them so that we can get through each sign. Third sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating, grown by us, fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, consists in the Lord giving us the opportunity and ability to eat our bread till we are full, and we will dwell in our land safely. Psalm 33, 18-22 Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord, He is our help and our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in Him, because we have trusted in His holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in you. Psalm 33, 18-22 As we know and understand, it is necessary here to be nourished with bread uh, because of hope and we will be satisfied by it. And so these are people who who are satisfied, these are people that tremble before the word of God, they'll be nourished by, by, with this bread until they're full. And by leaving the church, uh, the church at the end of each service, they will be thanking God for what they've received. Uh, They will be satisfied and content for what they've already received and not be going and looking for other things. Um, And so it's kind of like you going into a very elegant restaurant and having a great, really, really great meal and then you're full and you come out and someone says, well, let us run into this place and get a burger. Uh, which isn't sensible since you just ate a great meal at a much more elegant location. It's kind of the same, or uh, uh, an example that I'm just giving. And so for for the religious world, Jesus said that he in this last days, he will uh, note his own. He will, uh, he says that there will be a great uh, thirst and hunger for the word of God and people will go from sea to sea from uh, east to west to try to find the word and they won't be able to and why because they'll be searching in the in- on the internet they will be searching uh, 
uh, they will fill their uh, library with books and they will have this hunger that they won't be able to quench because they're looking in the wrong place. You need to have a, a reverent <coughs> regard to, for the word <coughs> and have the virtuous uh, wife, which is the church. And so one who has found this virtuous wife and she is more valuable than, than pearls, it's written. And so this third sign, if we have holiness, then this holiness in us, when we leave the, the service, we will be filled. We will be satisfied. Fourth sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God consists in the Lord God sending his peace upon our land and we shall lie down and not no one will make us afraid. He will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through our land and we will chase our enemies and they shall fall by the sword before us. The peace that God sends upon our land is the promise that belongs to our inheritance that is contained in the covenant of peace that God made with Abraham. So that God can send such peace upon our land, it is necessary to have co a covenant of peace with God that has become the inheritance of our father Abraham by the means of the righteousness of his faith. The essence of the righteousness of the faith of Abraham consisted in this, that he believed in the given by God promise and began counting himself dead to sin and alive for God, proclaiming the not-existent promise about the covenant of peace with God as existent. You count yourself dead to sin living for God by proclaiming this not-existent promise about the covenant of peace with God as existent, and the beasts that God will drive out from our land because we began to collaborate our grown fruit of holiness with the holiness of God is driving out the corrupt desires from within our body, from which we can conclude that God has driven out the evil beasts from our body. But when the evil beasts, as our corrupt lusts, are driven out from out of our body, then the punishing sword of the law and the holiness of God will not have a reason to strike our land. Here it shows specifically that the connection if we have holiness where we demonstrate in the covenant of salt, then the Lord will help us if we, as Abraham, will proclaim the not existent liberty and freedom from our lust as already existent, count yourself dead to sin, living for God, as Abraham did. And so the Lord said, I will help you uh, do this, do your part, and I will do mine. Proclaim the not existent independence, freedom from this lust as exist as existent, die for and continue to live for the Lord. And when you collaborate with Him in this way, as Abraham did, the Lord said as an oath, I promise that I will uh, drive out these wild beasts, these lusts, they'll be driven out from our land. And when they are, then the punishing sword, the holy law of Moses, the law of condemnation will not condemn us. He becomes our friend instead. And so the law of Moses becomes our friend when? When these uh, evil beasts, these lust desires, they're driven out. <clears throat> and we create we create the circumstance where the Lord drives them out, proclaiming, stating, thank you, Lord, that I am already free from this desire, this lust that is in me, and I live for you, for your holy name.
Fifth sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God is God will look upon us favorably and will make us fruitful and he will multiply us. The word looking upon us favorably, and we need to understand what that is when he looks at us favorably. And so, especially when we're looking at different languages and and so we need to have uh, specific definitions for specific words that we are studying, whichever language it may be in. The Lord has allowed all of us to, in any country of the world, to speak one language, and that is uh, that that in that we're talking about uh, the Bible here. We being all together can listen to the Word of God, and so one of the works, as we know, that he had done was he gathered the Soviet Union, and this were this was, these were multiple countries, different nations, different languages, different people that were forced to come together but we're also forced to un- uh, understand one language and learn one language, and in this way, it united uh, the people. And so, when the Lord passes on His revelations, uh, we need to understand these revelations because uh, they're very important. And God... Because we have to remember that word is one thing, but with word comes action. And so, when you... So what does it mean that uh, the Lord will look upon us favorably? In Hebrew, this is, he will allow himself to be seen or known. And so when the Lord will look upon us favorably, he will allow us to see him and know him. He will present himself, he will show himself, he will be merciful to us. He will allow us to understand Him. He will give us His peace and will keep us. He will look at. He will allow us to look at one another. He will make us fruitful. And so, looking at each other, we will see Christ in one another. That's He will look upon us favorably, and so He will now see that when we look at one another, we don't see enemies in one another, but friends, and we see Christ in one another. He will make us fruitful and He will increase us. All of the elements of the given promise where God has vowed that He would look upon us favorably is placed in direct dependence from how we behave with Aaron, uh, toward Aaron and his sons. And so again, looking at us favorably, how wonderful this defin- list of definitions is, uh, we need to uh, examine our uh, behavior, our relationship with His priest. And such a high priest and his sons within our churches is called to be that person that is clothed into the power of the delegated fathership of God and his helpers, those that are in the same spirit with him. Numbers 6, 22 through 27, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. 
so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. When God looks upon a person favorably, he becomes capable of bearing the fruits of righteousness, growing the seed of promise that is received by faith into his heart by listening to the preached word. Because of this, we reproduce in growing the promises as a person reproduces in bearing children. These blessings of the high priest or the person who is God's messenger allows us to receive by faith his, the words of God and and be uh, and produce bare fruits and this is because of these blessings this is a very powerful blessing that needs to be uh, spoken uh, not just by God's messenger but also the same the people that are in the same spirit uh, with him and so sometimes people say well can you explain how uh, how God's messenger and his helpers can bl- can bless others, or how can I bless my pastor personally, as each member can bless their pastor? And so there are specific uh, indicators and uh, anointing that God gives. Uh, if God gives a specific uh, specific delegation, uh, authority to be able to bless another, and that includes his righteous ones, then yes, you can do so. But if he did not give you this delegation, then you are not able to bless his messengers in this way. What is the word bless? Blessings is when I can say a good word about you. This is a blessing. What is a curse? When I say something bad about you, negative about you. But that's not what it says here. Here it's talking about uh, a word blessing as something God can do. Blessing includes the understanding of positive and uh, positively uh, regarding someone or saying something about someone that's positive and good. And so, the delegated me- people of God, the messengers of God, they uh, speak and open up the heavens for God's children. He reveals and opens up the heavens for God's children. That is his purpose. And so, we can pray and want something good towards someone. And so, how do we bless as one that's smaller? As the usually the older blesses the smaller. The If you remember that Abraham came to Melchizedek, if you remember, and Abraham blessed Melchizedek. He, Abraham brought his tithe to Melchizedek and bowed before him. How did Melchizedek bless him? He put his hands on Abraham and said, may the Lord bless you, may look upon you, the Lord, and increase you. And so we can bless the pastor not just by by speaking, but are obeying the commandments of God and bearing fruits. 
when we honor God with our tithes and offerings also. This is a very uh, clear way in which you can bless God's messenger. When you bless him with talents and, and gifts and abilities that maybe uh, that God has given me, but when a person doesn't serve in any way or doesn't, and he just wants to say that, Lord, bless you, may he give you these things. And so, in this way, he's saying that he has the right to be the middleman or intercessor between him, the apostle of God, and God himself. And so, this is... And so, again, the smaller can bless the older, but there's a proper way of doing it. And this is in any Bible or in any language you will read. Because typically, the younger is blessed by the elder. And as the elder blesses the younger, the pastor, the messenger of God, blessing comes from God's delegated messenger. And the smaller is blessed by him. And so, if you remember the widow from Sidon, she uh, she was there, and the apostle said, "Go and make me a cake first, and then make a cake for yourself." Why? Because if she does this, she he will be able to bless her. She obeyed, and he was able to bless her. And so, although we're the smaller, and we're supposed to be blessed by the 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 elder. The elder won't be able to bless us if the smaller will not do his part first. If we do this in bitterness or if we do this uh, with an unhappy uh, conscience, uh, then of course this is not going to work. And so Apostle Paul said, this is not for your good and this is not for your success and I won't be able to bless you, he, he was saying. And so we will remember that we can bless the pastor by work, by faithfulness, by humility, by trembling before God's words. How can I bless the pastor so that God can bless him with his word? I can't pray like Aaron was praying in this situation. How can I pray? I pray with these kind of words, Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can be humbled before your word and tremble before your words. And I pray, give me your mercy and pour, pour down your reins, your revelations spoken by your messenger so that I can receive these words and understand them. What did I just show? One prayer, one request. I showed that I am humble, that I'm obedient, that I am within. I'm an organic member of the body, that He is, God is my God. I pray to Him that He give me mercy, and this mercy is in the form of rain, and that it be sent by God's person so that I can bear fruit and glorify the Father in heaven. This is a prayer that activates heaven, and uh, work begins. But when you begin saying, well, let, may the Lord bless this person and that one, and and so it's like uh, throwing a boomerang but you don't know where it might come back or how it might come back 
the words here, as Aaron prayed, need to be uh, used by an apostle. An apostle uses these words to bless the children of God. And so when we state these words, uh, it's as the boomerang, like I said, was releasing, came back and hit you hard in the head. And so it's not... And so, sixth sign by which we need to examine ourselves, that we are collaborating, grown by His fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, consists in God confirming His covenant with us, and He will set the tabernacle among us, and His soul will not abhor us. The word confirm or establish in this case is to ratify, make it legitimate, make it legal, and unchanging. We know well that everything God gives us, He gives to us in the form of a seed of His preached Word, representing concrete and specific promises that by themselves in the format of a seed are the guarantee of our salvation. Every promise is confirmed or established, including the covenant of peace in growing the received by a seed into the fruit of righteousness, presented in the confessions with our mouth, confessing the faith of God that abides in our heart by acknowledging over ourselves the word spoken by the person who is given the authority of a father of God. <clears throat> a very important thing here. Many people come up to me and ask, can I confess this promise? But I don't want to speak idle words, they say. I don't want to speak idle words. So that the Lord then uh, judge me for every idle word. Idle words are words that are not in the heart. <clears throat> how can I determine, uh, I like this promise, but how do I know that it's idle? So it not be idle. I will read it once again, and let us try and remember it. I will also try to remember this. The question, can I confess these promises? You can upon the condition. Can I confess uh, God's promise that it not be idle, uh, an idle word? confessions with our mouth with our mouth we need to confess with our mouth God's faith that abides in our heart this is the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh it abides in our heart by acknowledging over ourselves the word spoken by the person who is given the authority of a father of God. We can confess any promise if this promise we confess with our mouth is in our heart in the format of a complete revelation of God, the teaching of Christ that we have received from the person of God and by acknowledging this person over ourselves. And so if we have, if we acknowledge uh, the words that are spoken by the person God has placed, that it abides in our heart and it's in the format of uh, full, full, the fullness of truth, so we understand it. A person hears uh, some information, they like it, and they begin to speak. Of course, there'll be idle words because he doesn't completely understand it. You need to confess uh, the, the fullness of the truth that abides in your heart that you receive from the person who is a messenger of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 20-22 For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God, 
who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our heart as a guarantee. His house that God has placed among us is a symbol of our membership to the great Jerusalem because of the existing in us foundation to establish this covenant in the fruits of righteousness in the format of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Bringing forth such a nature of fruit of righteousness or bearing it is our first most purpose and our calling which is called to serve as testimony that we have loved the appearance of our Lord so we can meet with Him upon the clouds. Having a fruit of this nature, the soul of God does not abhor us as the brought by His fruit of righteousness will consist in this, that in the church of the chosen by Him remnant, this fruit will make us perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, and as much as we know, bearing such fruit where God will confirm His covenant with us in real time consists in the metaphorical week, where our mortal body, because of the accepted by us and grown by His promise of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, our bodies will be changed from the state of corrupt into the state of incorrupt. In scripture this week, is real t- in real time, is called the door of our hope, where God returns to us the once lost by us vineyards, the valley of Accor, and our youth in the format of an incorrupt body that we carry within our heart in the form of the faith of God. Daniel 9.27 Then he, s- he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. <clears throat> This is the one week God will confirm a covenant, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wings of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. The week is a span of time consisting of seven years where our mortal body will be changed into an immortal or incorrupt body. In the middle of this metaphorical week, we will be raptured and meet the Lord upon the clouds, which will allow the Antichrist, the man of sin and son of perdition, to come to power within the territory of the former Roman Empire that today represent the countries that are included in the European Union. At the end of this metaphorical week, the category of people that were able to be raptured and met the Lord upon the clouds will return with Christ to govern for a thousand years. And then the final and predetermined doom will come upon the destroyer, that is the beast, the false prophet, that brought him to power, and they together will be cast into the lake of fire, burning with fire and brimstone. For one thousand years, these two wicked people will be the only representatives that in that terrible and eternal place of suffering. And after the 1,000 years of the government of Christ with his nation, the dragon, who is the fallen cherubim and all his angels, as well as all those who did not believe in the truth and loved unrighteousness instead, will join him. <clears throat> Revelations 19.20-21 Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. This is how the book of Revelations describes. Pastor notes this uh, week where the Lord will confirm his covenant with his saints, and here he shows, we see here in Revelations what will happen. 
Apostle Paul describes the establishing of a covenant of peace between us and God. He links this event to the week written in a written about in Prophet Daniel, which he formulates using the following words, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This very thought was confirmed by Apostle Peter also when he said that God himself, after we suffer for a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. <clears throat> 1 Peter 5.10.11 But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, <clears throat> he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. First Peter 5.10.11 The fruit of righteousness where God establishes his covenant of peace with us is also well reflected in one of the events of King David where God established him as king. Second Samuel 5.11.12 then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons, and they built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. Second Samuel 5:11-12. And so how did he establish his covenant with David, his covenant with David and his descendants, David uh, demonstrated his holiness, and by demonstrating his holiness, he activated this covenant with David. And so king of, of Tyre, symbol of the Holy Spirit, G David saw that he sent his uh, messengers to David, cedar trees they brought, cedar trees, these are the teaching of the truth, how justification that we receive in the form of a seed can form us into right, uh, form into righteousness or go into righteousness. And carpenters and masons he sent here, this is the work of his mind with these revelations and he began to confess this truth and build this house. And by this he knew that the Lord had established him as king over, his, over Israel. This was the sixth sign, now the seventh sign, that testifies in the temple of our body about the collaboration of the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God that we are called to demonstrate in our faith and brotherly love is called to demonstrate itself in the result that God will walk among us and, we, and will be our God and we will be his nation. God needs to walk among us. 
to examine your heart as to whether you have this sign which is called to be the result of the collaboration of the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God in demonstrating brotherly love in our faith we need to answer the following question by what criteria do we determine the walk of God in the light among us as well as within our body which is called to be the house of God where he would be able to find his peace and so again he finds peace in that service in that place in that person where he can walk and he walks where there is light to clearly understand how to walk in the light that God walks in so that we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith it is necessary to have a firm understanding of one unchanging and immutable truth in the light of which God walks. This truth in the light of which God walks is the word that comes out of the mouth of God that is magnified by him in the temple of our body above all his names upon the condition that we have an organic membership to the body of Christ, which is the bride of the Lamb. Psalm 138.2, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. And so pastor brings forth seven components of how to walk in the light that God walks in, although there are many more of them, considering that each component contains and carries a balance <clears throat> of all of the components that identify the truthful nature of one the other. Let's look at these seven components. <clears throat> How God walks in us and amongst us by the means of light. And so, what is light? And in the presence of light, he walks. And if we have this light, he'll be able to walk in us and among us. First, there are seven. So the first, for God to walk in the temple of our body as well as walking among us in the light of his word is only possible in Christ Jesus, which makes him our God and makes us his nation. God walks in us when we have Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 30, 21, 22. Their nobles shall be from among them and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledges his heart to approach me, says the Lord? You shall be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah 30, 21, 22. We are quite familiar with the fact that in the given prophecy it is referring to the only begotten Son of God that is born from the Virgin Mary that was betrothed to Joseph, the descendant of David from the tribe of Judah before they came together. According to, to this fact, to be clothed into the virtue of a king, priest, and prophet so that we can approach God in these virtues is only possible in one way, and this is to allow Christ to be placed into our heart and place ourselves into Jesus Christ. And for this purpose, it is necessary to receive those people to whom Christ, when he was going to his heavenly Father, passed a mandate for uh, that is delegation so that they can present for his church the authority of, the, of a Father of God. John 20, 19-23 Then the same day, at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. 
When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his, and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> if you for forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John 20, 19 through 23. According to the given place that is elevated to the rank of an eternal order, called to identify the kingdom of heaven in the temple of our body, if we resist this order and prefer to elect for ourselves teachers that would lie to our uncircumcised ear, we will then lose any opportunity to walk in the light of this word. That comes out of the mouth of God, where God has promised to walk within the temple of our body and to walk within our church as the infrastructure of this order that the chosen by men this chosen by men democracy is profane and resistant to God's order that consists of the infrastructure of theocracy. According to this fact, a person that is in a church where the order of the kingdom of heaven is absent, that is, to work within the entrails of the body of Christ, is not he is not able to receive forgiveness of sins so that he can be free from the power of sin that lives within his body. 1 John 2, 18 through 20, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all these things. First John 2, 18-20 The most unfortunate thing is that people who are members of the church, the infrastructure of which corresponds to the demands of God's theocracy, and then left that church and have joined churches with a democratic infrastructure, these people become haters of Christ, and no sacrifice for sin remains for them. But a terrible expectation of judgment and indignation of fire ready to devour the haters Hebrews 10 25 through 27 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries only that person that is placed by God and anointed by the Holy Spirit with the power of a Father from God is able to forgive our sins or retain our sins upon us. Luke 10, 16 He who hears you hears me, he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. According to the above-mentioned testimonies, to walk in the light of the truth of the word that comes out of God's mouth, spoken by the mouth of his messengers, that by walking in the light that God walks in, you can demonstrate brotherly love in your faith. It is necessary that to walk in the light of the truth of the word, we need to have an anointing in our heart that would give us the ability to differentiate the truth or the true messenger of God who walks in the light of the truth of the word from a person that does not walk in the light of the truth of the word. That was the first sign by which we can see that we have the light and the Lord can walk in the light. Second, for God to walk in the temple of our body as well as walk amongst us in the light of his word is to strive to fulfill His Word in the temple of our body in the time that is decided by Him. 
Upon the condition that we have concealed his word in our good heart and are vigilant of it with perseverance waiting for it to be fulfilled. God will have a great desire, a great desire and want to fulfill the promises that are in us. If he sees that we are, we have perseverance, we are waiting patiently, it allows the Lord to work. Just our waiting with patience, our perseverance, and we wait with patience, this allows the Lord to work. Jeremiah 1, 11, 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And so to be this almond tree, we need to know the revelations. We need to keep these revelations in our heart and wait for the fulfillment of them and wait with patience. And when we have this, then we have this almond tree as Jeremiah. What do you see in your heart? I see a branch of an almond tree. You see well. For I And remember, I'm vigilant over the word that's in your heart and I'm ready to perform my word. Our patience and waiting for fulfillment of God's promises, the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, will depend on how much or how faithfully we see how God walks in the temple of our body in the light that comes from His mouth, the word that is spoken uh, by Him that is contained in our heart. This is the teaching of Christ. Hebrews 10, 35-39, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, that... For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For you, So, in other words, you need patience for the will of God to be fulfilled. For yet a little while, and he, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now, the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe in the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10, 35-39. Trusting in God and His Word that we wait for patiently doesn't depend on what we feel or see in the visible world, but what we know, the information we receive that comes from the Word of God, which is God's faith that is contained in our heart. Third, we continue to talk about God walking amongst our camp, and that is in the light. How do we create an atmosphere of light? Third, for God to walk in the temple of our body as well as walk among us in the light of His Word exclusively within His house, which we are which we are the heights of the heavens, the sanctuary which is the chosen remnant, and in the humble and contrite heart that trembles before the preached Word of God. Isaiah 57, 15. Three springs of light here. Pastor presents these. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. And so he dwells in the high and in the holy place and in a humble spirit. It is not possible to demonstrate brotherly love in your faith 
If we do not possess a humble and contrite spirit that trembles when listening to the preached to us word in the light of which God walks within the temple of our body and within our church, because we walk in the light of his word, the, the, the light that God walks in, we have submerged into the baptism of the death of the Lord Jesus, which provide provides God with the grounds he needs to draw us from the death that is in Jesus Christ into into the resurrection that is in Jesus Christ, which gives us power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith, walking in the light of the word that God walks in. Isaiah 66, 1, 2. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where's the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. According to this prophetic word, we conclude that to walk in the light of the word in which God walks, so we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith, it is necessary to build your body into a spiritual house into which God can, in which God can walk in the light of his word. And so we need to be connected with the heavens we need to be connected to his to his temple and have a humble and contrite spirit and when we have peace in all of these three where the light of god will be this will allow jesus to walk among us so you not have conflict in in any of them conflict with heaven for for example that he has something in him he doesn't want to uh, get rid of for example if he's t- t- blessing himself with the words that only a messenger of God can bless someone with or he comes to church not as a student but as an inspector this is a conflict inside of him and so he has a problem there's a problem between him and heaven and this will not allow Christ to walk among us these things will be in the way And so walking, and so we need to have God's peace again between us and heaven, between us and His and His body, the Church of Christ, and within our ourselves and our spirit. Fourth, God has promised to walk in the light of His word that comes out of His mouth in the temple of our body upon one condition: if we will walk in the light of His word as He walks in the light of His word that comes out of His mouth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John one seven through 9. To determine an authentic fellowship with one another in brotherly love, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith, we make this conclusion by our ability to confess sin before his faith, face or the face of his, his person that represents the Father of God in our church and his helpers that work in the same spirit with him. Again, if we correctly confess our sins, confessing sin before the person that represents a father of God provides God with the foundation that he needs to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or to justify us not accounting to us the committed by a sin, which gives us power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith in the works of righteousness, which demonstrates the fruits of holiness. And so God walks in the light if we have fellowship with one another 
we have a authentic fellowship with one another. That is, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us then from all sin. And if I am in friendship with you, but I don't confess my sins, my friendship is not authentic. Brotherly love is identified by the fact that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. When we have sin that is legalized by a man, although he may be friendly with other people or their members, this doesn't mean he has a legitimate brotherly love. And so, our friendship, why am I interested in the body, in each member, in Pastor Arkady? Why do I come here? What reason do I have to be here? Because upon this place, the blood of Christ washes us. But if I want to have good fellowship with you, authentic fellowship with you, but at the same time want to legalize certain sins, this will not be an authentic brotherly love. Fifth, God has promised to walk in the light of His Word that comes out of His mouth in the temple of our body that previously was in His entrails in the format of His figurative thinking. And so how do we, again, create the atmosphere of light? He promised to walk in the light of His Word that comes out of His mouth in the temple of our body that previously was in His entrails in the format of His figurative thinking. <coughs> John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now let's look at it in a more expanded, elaborated version, uh, because the Word it is presented in different formats. In the beginning... There was the, the word in the format of a thought. There was the word in the format of an action. It's in the form of a thought first, then a spoken word, and then actions. Let's read it again in this elaborated format. In the beginning was an informational program in the format of a thought, and this informational program in the format of a thought was with God and identified the inner state of, en- of the entrails of God. All things were made because of the thought of God that came out of the mouth of God in the format of the Word, and without the Word that comes out of the mouth of God, nothing was made that was made. In the Word that comes out of the mouth of God was eternal life, and this eternal life in the format of His Word was the light of man. And the light that comes from the spoken by God Word shines in the darkness, and the darkness darkness does not have the power to overtake the spoken word of God which is the light of eternal life in which God walks and this is John 1 1 through 5 and so for God to walk in the light of the spoken by him word in the temple of our body means to walk around the spoken by him word behave according to the spoken by him word live according to the spoken by him word place yourself in dependence of the spoken by him word become a willing servant of the spoken by him word not lean away from or avoid fulfilling the spoken by him word be vigilant in the temple of our body over the spoken by him word so that it be fulfilled quickly sixth god has promised to walk in the light of his word that comes out of his mouth in the temple of our body, if we, like him, will walk in the light of his word 
that is concealed in our good heart, in spiritual thoughts, which is the seal of God upon our forehead, demonstrated in the confessions of our mouth. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23, 7. In this way, for us to walk in the light of the spoken by God word that is elevated by him as his commandment, which we have concealed in our heart, is to walk around the commandments of the Lord, behave according to the commandments of the Lord, to think about and live according to the commandments of the Lord, to love the commandments of the Lord, look at the commandments of the Lord, do not lean away from or avoid fulfilling the commandments of the Lord, and be vigilant over or stand guard of the commandments of the Lord. A very surprising Two minutes ago, we read about how God uh, demonstrates Himself when He walks in the light. But here's what we do when we walk in the light. We do what God does. We walk together with Him in this light. God does this with us and through us. He doesn't do anything independent of it, of us. God has obliged to walk in the light of His Word that comes out of His mouth if our mouth will be like his mouth. Jeremiah 15, 18 through 21. What does Jeremiah say here? Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream as waters that fail? Therefore, thus is the Lord. If you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of all the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. This is the state of many saints. We say, Lord, why this illness? Why am I in this situation? You see how saints are suffering and you want to help them. And you think, Lord, if I were God, I would have helped. And that's why the God says, you're, that's why you're not God. That is why you're not God. If you want to be like me, you need to turn to me and the second, you need to learn how to take out the precious from the vial. How do we turn to God so that we can stand before Him? How do we turn back to Him so we can stand before Him so that he can heal our wounds. Malachi 3, 7 through 10. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. 
says the Lord of hosts, but you say, in what way shall we return? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. We need to uh, turn to him. You say, well, I honor God with my tithes. Pastor's always preaching about tithes. And he's always noting this truth so that it would shine, so that we keep it in mind. Why? They never preach about this in some other churches. They're just talking about willing offerings, and, and, and that's it. And people very unhappily take out something out of their wallet and throw it into the basket. But in our case, this is always noted very clearly, because I don't just give, I What can we give God, honestly? We can give to someone poor in the street, but we can't give to God. We can only honor Him or give to Him what is His. And so when we honor Him, we honor Him with tithes. And so, Lord, you say, I gave my tithe from, the, from my youth. I gave it, I've been giving it all my life, but the Lord says, turn to me. Turn to me means... You need to honor me and not just give to me. And so these words, sometimes we need to remember that difference between words. Um, the difference in words, uh, turn to me means honor me. And and the, these are ways these are ways in which we honor him. One is definitely giving of our tithes, is the way we honor him. And we thank God that he is able to bless us and pour out his heavenly revelations upon us. What is considered vile and what is considered precious and how are we to take out the precious from the vile so that our mouth would become like the mouth of God so that the Lord can heal us the vile in our body is our tongue that is not disciplined with the bits of gentleness or bits of meekness in the light of which God walks to discipline your tongue with the bits of gentleness is to grow in the Eden of your heart, the fruit of righteousness, learning from Christ, who disciplined his tongue with the bits of gentleness, which represents the light of his word that comes out of his mouth, the mouth of God, in which God himself walks in this light. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in, its, in it breaks the spirit, Proverbs 15.4. And so how do you draw the vile the precious from the vial. And so sometimes you will see a person will come on stage, especially we used to be in churches before this one, uh, you would see a person come out and speak uh, foolish things, and they'll say, well, learn to take out uh, the precious from the vial. They tell, tell you, just learn to take out whatever precious you can find. But this person speaks absolute foolishness from the stage. Um, and so this vial is our mouth, and in our mouth we have something precious. Such regard to the word of God that is elevated by him as an eternal commandment that is concealed within our heart gives God the right foundation to establish by him by the established by him time to erect the stronghold of eternal life in our mortal body and is by this result that we need to judge that we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God and demonstrating brotherly love in our faith. 
and so we need to use our mouth. And in the previous service, we talked about even how the stronger, uh, <clears throat> how he protects his house. And when the, the stronger one, uh, and so there's a strong one and the stronger one, and the stronger one takes the armor in which he depended, upon which he depended on, and he takes all the possessions that the strong one has. And it's interesting that Pastor explained and so how do we take this promise into our essence? The strong one is the old person. He's strong, the old person. About Goliath, it's written, he was a warrior from his young age. He's very strong. And when he's strong, the old person, he guards his his house with armor, and ar- his armor is our mouth. It will speak false things and will not speak the right things. And there's partial truth, and there will be uh, all kinds of things. And this happens when we have in ourselves the law, and the law that gives power to the old person, sin. This is the law of condemnation. And so when we, from the position of, of the law and from the law of condemnation, we speak, this is the vial that we are speaking. We need to be grown into full measure of growth in Christ so that then the stronger which is our spirit that has been grown into full measure of growth in Christ, then the stronger our spirit that reflects the perfection of Christ, the full measure of growth in Christ, will then attack the old person, will overcome him. How will he attack? The scriptures say he will attack and then take his armor from him. That is to confess the not existent as existent in our life to attack him and with these confessions proclaim the not existent as existent count yourself dead to sin living for God and we overcome him in this way and we take his armor from him and this armor is our mouth and now this vial we take the precious from it the victory of Christ and we then take control of all the possession that the old person has Our the possession is our soul and our body and so we need to uh, adopt in our body and the Holy Spirit will allow us to do this help us do it by the new person, the circuit person, the stronger person that will in prayer confess the confessions of of faith. Let us thank the Lord for the word that we were able to have today. Let us bend our knees and our heads. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this great privilege for this great privilege to be upon this place that your hand has appointed that upon this place we can worship your holy name that upon this place we can bless your holy name upon this holy place we can honor you so that upon this holy place we can receive comfort we can receive healing send your word and heal us deliver us from our graves we wait Lord for your revelations we wait Lord for your revelations as a wilderness as a dry land we thank you for the truth that we have for the truth that we have received into our heart and we keep in our heart the truth that we use, we renew our mind and we confess before your face this truth. We pray for your mercy toward us in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, 
so that you pour out the streams of your blessings in the early and latter rains by your delegated messenger who represents a father from you within your order, within your Jerusalem, within your Zion, upon your servants. And we ask that we can bear fruit that glorifies your holy name. We thank you that today we received a revelation that will allow us to overcome our enemy, that is the old man, will allow us to be grown into full measure of growth in Christ so that we can clothe, be clothed into the new person, into our new person who is according to God in righteousness and holy truth. We pray, Father, that you send your rains and that you nourish us with the manna from heaven so that our new person can be grown into perfection and that we allow us to be clothed and clothe our body into this precious from the vial so that from it we can bring out the precious and we using our mouth today call upon your promises we pray that you confirm your covenant with your people establish this covenant with your saints so that you strengthen us in the promises that we have received we pray that today we have this promise we thank you and we pray may your resurrection of Christ be enthroned in our body, may be established, may be confirmed your resurrection in our body. We pray that you allow us, every one of us individually in this place, to keep with patience, waiting and proclaim the not existent as existent in our life, which will allow you to work and to do your work on your side. You said, Lord, that the time is close. The time is close. And you say this to the person that waits patiently for the fulfillment of the promises in his spirit. I pray together and I thank you that today, we today with Abraham can confirm the promise that we received in Jesus Christ by confessing with our mouth and growing and bearing of fruits of righteousness. May your holy name be blessed upon this place. We wait for your revelations upon this place and we accept your words in the humble and contrite heart and with trembling. Continue, Lord, to walk in the light of your holiness within our camp as well as within the temple of our body and may your name be blessed, your holy name, from your temple, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, 
who alone is wise. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.